Thank you for joining us for another Made of Manitoba as we recognize and reflect on National Day for Truth and Reconciliation on September 30th. The day honors the children who never returned home and survivors of residential schools, as well as their families and communities. Public commemoration of the tragic and painful history and ongoing impacts of residential schools is a vital component of the reconciliation process. This weekend on Made in Manitoba, we take you back to June of this year when we shared for the first time music from Indigenous singer-songwriter Asen Abbey. Currently based in Toronto, the Juno-nominated artist was one of the hosts of the National Radio Special a day to listen which was part of our programming and commitment to the national day for truth and reconciliation on september 30th ace and abby is a member of sandy lake first nation but was born and spent some of his early years in the paw before moving to winnipeg ace and abby's debut album is titled watton and was named after his late grandfather it was inspired by conversations the performer had with him before he passed away conversations which shed light on his time in the residential school system and the difficult life he led at times. You are listening to Made in Manitoba with Ace and Abby, our guest. His music and our conversation with him begin after this. Yeah, I was eight years old and I went to a residential school. Somebody from outside uh, the government person said if you don't uh, send your kids out, you guys and I go, we're not going to help you. That's why we went to school. They had no choice. It was over 300 kids that went to school. And I used to cry, I was lonesome. I was wondering why I was uh, sent here. I Won't you 
Thank you for joining us for another Made in Manitoba as we recognize and reflect on National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, September 30th. The day honors the children who never returned home and survivors of residential schools, as well as their families and communities. Public commemoration of the tragic and painful history and ongoing impacts of residential schools is a vital component of the reconciliation process. This weekend on Made in Manitoba, we take you back to June of this year when we shared for the first time music from Indigenous singer-songwriter Asen Abbey. Currently based in Toronto, the Juno-nominated artist was one of the hosts of the nationally aired radio special A Day to Listen, which was part of our programming and commitment to the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation on September 30th. Now, Asen Abbey is a member of Sandy Lake First Nation, but was born and spent some of his early years in the PAW before moving to Winnipeg. We are excited to share music again from Ace and Abby's debut album, Watton, which was named after his late grandfather and inspired by conversations the singer-songwriter had with him before he passed away. Conversations which shed light on his time in the residential school system and the difficult life he led at times. Before we got to that part of the conversation, I asked Ace and Abby to talk about his ties and connections to Manitoba. Yeah, like I'm from Sandy Lake First Nation, but like... Uh... I was born born in the Paw, Manitoba, which is you know, I, you know a lot of people outside of Manitoba not, might not know where know, know where that is, but it's it's quite a bit north of Winnipeg. It's like a tiny little town. Um, you know, I lived there for probably a couple of years when I when we left Sandy Lake, and I was you know I was there from like four to six, and then you know moved in with my mom in Winnipeg after that and lived there for a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm Mason Abbey. I'm an OG Cree singer songwriter, Sandy Lake First Nation. So just tell us a little bit about your musical background. When did you start to uh, liger- uh, literally and figuratively start playing around? I started, you know, playing music probably when I was 12. Um, yeah, definitely when I was 12, you know, my mom always kind of had this, this dream to kind of live off grid, you know, so we moved out to the country at Kaministiqua and, and it's kind of this rural community outside of Thunder Bay. So we had this house with with you know no electricity, no running water, and, and you know that's where I, I started writing music. And it was kind of just like it was just kind of there. My brother left this guitar, and like had these three things. The guitar being one of them, you know, it was it was just a thing that was there and a thing that kind of used to kind of entertain myself and occupy my my time. And then I just started learning to write songs and kind of learning to love it and you know my, my mother was always kind of working you know she'd be like working in these hotels or, or these other jobs and and so I found music to be kind of this tool that I used to kind of process the world around me and kind of get a better understanding of, of, of it and myself of just yeah you know writing songs uh, at the time I guess it was almost kind of like writing in a journal or something so you know, we're focusing and featuring the album this weekend uh, called Watton, which is uh, the name of your grandfather, who is a big part of this album. Before we really dive into the album and the pieces that are weave uh, woven throughout it, tell us about your grandfather. Yeah, so my grandfather, um, yeah, you know, he he was always the rock of the family. You know, he, he was like a quiet man, but a very strong man, and like always always did everything for his family you know like even reflecting on our, our relationship and just thinking about you know all the times he had supported me and like even as a teenager when i was playing shows he would you know he didn't have to but he would like be there like two in the morning and like pick me up make sure i got home safe he had so many struggles 
growing up, you know, he grew up in Sandy Lake First Nation and he was only there till uh, he was eight. He got taken and put into residential school. He was in that school for, I believe, 11 years. He actually stayed, he stayed there longer because that's where he met my grandmother and they, they'd fallen in love. And, and so he stayed there and when she was able to get out, they, they left and they started a new life together. And I, I'd actually, I actually didn't know that until, you know, I started having these conversations with him in, in 2020. Both their families didn't want them to marry each other. So they just decided, you know, do they go back to these families? They no longer really know anymore or do they see where this love takes them? And so they, they left and yeah, they, they left um, and, and lived in kind of these small towns. Um, you know, I think they went to McIntosh residential school, which is kind of just outside of Vermilion Bay. They ended up like living around Ear Falls and, and Red Lake and they actually like lived in the forest for a little bit while they worked and then started saving up and they had a child and then they ended up moving uh, to Winnipeg and then the Palm Manitoba where they bought a, bought a home. Yeah, those conversations that you had with him, obviously they continued over a period of time throughout the, the pandemic. Was was there a point where you thought it made sense uh, for a number of reasons, I'm sure, to weave in portions of those conversations into the album? Or or was it the other way around where you're like, wow, I have these conversations. I need to create an album around this. Like the, the thought of an album didn't come to like a year into these conversations. Um, Cause yeah, you know, I had moved my grandfather into long-term care and, you know, all the outbreaks that were happening at those homes presented kind of this real fear that my grandfather could get COVID and I wouldn't be able to speak with him again. So then that's what sparked the conversations. And kind of what sparked the recordings was just like him not remembering uh, details of stories. And I guess that's where like the journalist in me kicked in. I was just like, do you mind if I like record these conversations? And so like, I called him like almost every day and we'd just sit on the phone for like an hour before I had to go to work. And like that year, just kind of, you know, trying to record as, as many stories for my my grandpa as i could because it was it's always been kind of important for me to reconnect with my roots know where we came from and especially for indigenous folks it's like you know a lot of our stories aren't written in books and aren't in museums and aren't in these places so there's like a different fear of you know knowing where you came from and kind of holding that and keeping it flash forward a year and you know it's christmas and i'm still living in toronto and it's like you know obviously the most restricted place because it's the most populous place so i'm just like in my tiny apartment listening to these recordings and i think you know the first track off the album cc Bano uh, was inspired by uh conversations with my grandfather where he told me like you know he didn't know his his father's name what it like what it meant you know something as simple as that and really struck me and I, I just wrote a song and then I wrote two songs and then you know that's that's where I was like okay like this is how I can you know record a little bit of our family story and kind of just have it somewhere so it doesn't disappear you know From our beds, I didn't know what was happening. I was eight years old. Couldn't even say goodbye. I was told that there was not much time as we stepped to the cold. 
This is Made in Manitoba, and that was music from Ace and Abbey in his debut album, Watton, which was named after his late grandfather. This is an encore presentation of Ace and Abbey's Made in Manitoba debut earlier this year, as we recognize National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. <laughs> 
The album includes 10 songs and nine interludes featuring the voice of his grandfather recorded during the first year of the pandemic, talking about things they had never spoken about previously. His life on the trap line on Sandy Lake First Nation, falling in love, his life in residential school, and then leaving everything behind were all part of those conversations. We've already heard from Asa Nabi about why he wanted to record those conversations. Now, from the perspective of being on the other side of the speaker, why is it important for us to listen, especially within the context of National Day for Truth and Reconciliation? Well, we're going to find out after this. Put it in the past They say that we can reconcile it What if I can't Sing my blood It's in my blood Does it feel like we're on the edge Staring down a certain day Why does it feel like the story ends Before it starts We were here In these fading memories So we were here Stop. 
you know, you mentioned that part of your desire to record these conversations was to ensure that from, you know, your perspective, you're, you're connecting with your family, connecting to your heritage and your past, protecting those stories. From the other side of the speaker, if you will, for those that are listening to the music and the stories of your grandfather off your album, uh, Watton, why is it important for us to listen and, and to hear uh, what he is sharing with you through those conversations? Kind of uh, the timing of everything was kind of wild as well. You know, like I think with everything coming out, like this really kind of time where this record kind of almost kind of made sense and just kind of a, the, the ongoing conversation in this country, you know, about what happened with residential schools and, and you know, everything coming out with the unright graves. And for me, I, I was really nervous putting out this record when I, you know, it started I started to realize that it's like, oh, you know, the same 20 people who have been coming to my shows aren't going to be the only ones listening to this. You know, I was actually really afraid that um, residential school survivors would hear this album and then they'd be kind of re-traumatized. And so that was kind of my, my biggest concern about putting it out. But, you know, I had residential school survivors reach out to me and, and they just said, you know, it's it's so beautiful to and healing to to hear our stories finally being told by our people and our words. So that was like, you know, such a massive weight off my shoulders. And to hear that, and, you know, I've, I've had messages from like people, this one guy, like he reached out, he's like, I'm so-and-so. And, you know, I, I, I just want to say, you know, like I'm a, I'm a 30 year old white guy from Southern Ontario. And I didn't, I didn't know this stuff. And I listened to your album and then I had to dig deeper and I, and like he's like, you know, I'm I'm kind of ashamed of, of of what this country did. And he's like, you know, thanks for sharing this record and kind of opening my eyes to this you know dark part of history. And getting those comments has been kind of really wild to me, and like really appreciative and so much gratitude. And like I didn't think telling obviously a small portion of my family and my grandfather's story would have such an impact. You know, there's teachers are constantly kind of messaging me and, and saying like, you know, we we use this album as, as a part of our course. And, you know, I've had university professors you know, reach out and say, like, I'm trying to make this an actual part of the curriculum. It's quite incredible. And I'm just kind of always blown away every time I, I get feedback like that. What uh, was your grandfather's reaction or response uh, to the album, assuming that he's had the opportunity to listen to it? Yeah, you know, I still remember the first time I, I played on the album. Um, Cause I, like he knew I was making an album. I had his blessing. And then and like, I remember when I got the first masters back, I, I went up to Thunder Bay and I picked him up. I just put the record on. And now at one point, you know, we're just listening to the songs. And then, you know, in nomads, there's clips of, of his voice and, and the songs playing, we're driving around and it just, and then in that moment, he was just kind of like, Oh, I'm on the radio. <laughs> But it was it was the CD or whatever. But you know what? Like I think because of that record, you know, even a lot of uh, his care workers at the long term care home he said would always kind of give him updates on what was happening. To be able to talk, I think, and and to be able to kind of be have that validation, you know, like I feel like so many residential school survivors had 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 to do these interviews like over and over and again, even with like the TRC and. and and then, like, I think, didn't all those documents get, like, destroyed or something? Like, and it's just, like, to tell these stories and, and to not be heard for so long and 
you know, to not be taken seriously for, for so long. And then I think the biggest thing to come out was, was like my grandfather at one point decided that he was finally kind of able to like kind of forgive and, and move on with his life. And I know that's not the case for, for most, you know, people who had had to experience what he experienced and, and, but to kind of get that at all, I think is, is kind of a, such a incredible thing. And, you know, he, he had decided that and then, you know, he, he actually just passed away uh, a little over a month ago, but to kind of have that in his lifetime, I think is, is really special. Well, first, sorry for your loss to hear that your grandfather had passed away and thank you for sharing so openly about his, uh, his experience with you recording this album we are going to be airing this program within a day or two of National Indigenous Day, and I just wanted to get your perspective on the importance of that day and and why it's something, along with uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day in the fall, um, is important for all Canadians. Yeah, you know, I think it's always really important to just kind of recognize history and recognize the past and, you know, kind of acknowledge everything. So we don't just kind of keep making the same mistakes. Right. You know, for the longest time, you know, indigenous culture was kind of banned and the government tried to erase it. And so to celebrate it now, I think is so huge because I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, you know, just indigenous people just celebrating and having you know such strong pride in our culture. And, you know, I, I think that that's coming back in such a big way. And these days definitely help that, you know, like we we can get together and and share stories and have have powers and have, you know, fires and, and you know, celebrate the culture and celebrate the roots and celebrate who we are. That's really interesting to me too, about just that pride. Because, you know, I kinda grew up in a northern town that it had like the most hate crimes against indigenous people in all of Canada. You know, that that's where I grew up. And so, you know, it kind of took me a while to find that pride and to, you know, to find that self-love. There's so many Indigenous youth now that just grew up in a time where all they knew was pride. And so, like, I'm really excited to kind of see the music and the art that comes out of that mindset. I'm not no trouble with the kids. And uh, I told them uh, just have to watch themselves if they to speak English when there was uh, somebody around and to keep uh, their language. We're going to lose our language, I told them, because uh, you're going to be in trouble if they hear you talking the language. Yeah, I told them, her language, Chippewa and Ochiqui. Father, did we flip those scriptures? 
upstairs to a beat that's been for an hour steady until uh, our dead people come to us. was our Made in Manitoba guest, Asen Abbey, an encore presentation of music from his debut album, Watton, named after his late grandfather, and including interludes from conversations he had with him before his passing. Today's encore presentation of this program was in recognition of National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. You can find this episode and past programs of Made in Manitoba at podcastville.ca. For my co-hosts, Chris Sumner and Zach Drieger, I'm Michelle Sawatsky. Good night. Good night.